Thank you, Alex. Good morning. I want to say hi to everyone who is here in the sanctuary this morning. Also, all of you who are worshiping online, those who are in the gathering place, and all of you in Dwell. So nice to have you with us this morning. This is the second sermon in our Faithful God, Faithful Guides sermon series. And, and today's lesson is about peace, and our guides are Mary and Joseph. Now, you know their story. I mean, it's, it's played out for us in the nativity scene. Joseph, Mary, the baby Jesus. But because we live on the other side of Christmas, uh, I think we often make it sound easier than it really was for them. Uh, we put little halos on their heads uh, as if they were willingly ready to surrender their hearts to God. But can I tell you something? Surrender to God or, or to anyone else never comes easy, does it? And believe me, there was a battle raging in their hearts and in their lives, and the two of them were struggling with this. Their story was littered with, with pain and, and heartache, anger, uncertainty, and unanswered prayers. And now, maybe this morning, you can relate to that. Uh, maybe somewhere in your soul, you're saying, this isn't fair, Lord. I don't deserve this. How could you let this happen? Maybe someone has hurt you in some way, or, or disappointed you, or, or taken something from you. And right now, that peace that passes understanding has passed you by. Now, I just want to be right up front about this. I just want to say it right now, if that's where you are. Then God has preserved this story just for you. In Luke's gospel, in Matthew's gospel, he inspired those writers to put these words down because he knew that someday, sometime, some of you, would have a broken heart. That, that, that there might be moments in life when you were filled with doubt and, and anger that you needed to know you weren't alone. Let's take a look at the gospel accounts here this morning. This is from Luke's gospel, chapter 1, verse 26. It says this. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, one of the things I want you to notice is, at the time, she didn't feel highly favored. At, at the time, there was this unrest in her spirit. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting might this be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
Again, I just want to stop here and, and translate this for you. You're single. You're pregnant. And everyone you tell about this will, will either think you've lost it or you're lying. You are highly favored, Mary. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not sure Mary understood all that at the time. I mean, she was still caught up in the wonder of the moment, standing there in the presence of an angel. And, and so she says to him, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. And you've been there, right? I mean, you've had times in your life when, when you were so close to God, when you felt his presence, when you were just convinced that, that God was with you in that moment. And then you've had times when that feeling sort of faded. Luke describes this as a, as a moment of quiet surrender. But you know what? I don't think the euphoria of that moment lasted very long. In, in fact, I think Mary had a reality check the moment that she walked into her mom and dad's house. Skip down with me. Verse 39. Try to read between the lines as I read this for you. At that time, Luke writes, Mary got ready and, and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and, and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth is her aunt, her, her mother's sister. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, Mary, and blessed is the child that you will bear. And at first, uh, Mary didn't say a word. She just sort of pondered these things in her heart. Uh, uh, that's biblical speak for uh, she didn't know what was going on. She was just trying to figure this all out herself. But then, then someone, someone noticed that there was a, a, a change in her life, right? I mean, not, not everything always comes easy. Uh, as, as we look at the scripture, uh, you got to hear Mary's story. Someone noticed this little baby bump and... Well, Nazareth is a small town, right? I mean, you understand what's really happening here, don't you? Everybody knew everybody else's business, and, and soon people were, were gossiping and whispering and, and, and snickering behind their back. And finally, her father says what he's suspected for a long time now. Mary, he says, my dear, sweet, innocent Mary, what did Joseph do? What did Joseph do? And you can understand. I mean, put yourself in Mary's father's shoes. His heart is broken. He, he and his wife have been quietly living this drama with their daughter, hoping that somehow she would say something. And, and finally she did. 
Finally, Mary breaks her silence and tells them that she's pregnant, that it's a miracle, that, that God is the baby's father. But this time, there is no angel standing there to back up the story. This time, there's just a young girl, 12, 13, 14 maybe. And through her tears of joy, she, she tries her best to explain all this to her parents. Now, I can't say for sure, of course, but I have three daughters. I think if I was Mary's father, I would have had concerns, deep concerns, fear, anger, frustration. I think I would have said, and, and Joseph, where's Joseph? What does he have to say about all of this? To which Mary could only say that Joseph was angry, that he was hurt. As soon as I told him that the baby wasn't his, she said, there was no reasoning with him. Her father just shook his head. He understood. He knew what was going on now, and it broke his heart. I, I, I don't blame him, he said. I don't blame him. His pride is hurt. His, his feelings are shattered, betrayed. Any man would feel that way. Maybe one day love will, will win out over the pain, but, but not today. Today, Joseph needs a little time to come to grips with this. We, we all need a little time, Mary. And so maybe it would be best if you just went away for a while. Huh? Tomorrow I'll take you to your Aunt Elizabeth's house and then... And then we'll pray. We'll get down on our knees and we'll pray that God softens Joseph's broken heart. You see, Mary may have been blessed among women, but Joseph, Joseph was humiliated among men. We get his side of the story in, in the first chapter of, of Matthew's gospel. There in verse 18, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. And now let me just explain something here. In those days, marriages were arranged by the fathers while the bride and groom were still children. These families knew each other. An engagement is, is a contract. Uh, it's a legal agreement. It's signed and witnessed. A dowry is agreed upon. Money is exchanged. And so legally, the marriage was already set in motion. The only way to stop it was to get divorced. 
Matthew 1, verse 19. And, and because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Put yourself in, in Joseph's shoes. Clearly, the man feels betrayed. And so, how, how did he get past the, the hurt and the anger and the uncertainty? How do we connect with where he was? Well, maybe another way to ask that same question is, what do we do when the people we love let us down? You see, even, even with all of this, there is no doubt Joseph loved Mary. Mary loved Joseph. And so after giving it some thought, he decided to expose her, but then, then he backed off a little bit. He didn't want to disgrace her. So he says, I'll divorce her. Quietly. Verse 20, but, but, such a great word. Always, always one of those words that, that we should stop and understand. But, we thought this was going to go this way. But, but, God wasn't done yet. God wasn't done yet. You know, in, in your life somewhere, somehow, there's a but. But, after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then, then finally, the, the scene plays out in verse 34 with just a few strokes of the pen. And when, when Joseph woke up, it says, he, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But honestly, when I read it, I wonder, is Matthew kind of sugarcoating all this? Is he in a hurry to get to the good stuff? I mean, is there a little bit more to this story than he's really letting on? It, it can't be all that easy, can it? Really? Clearly, Mary hurt Joseph, and Joseph has hurt Mary. It broke Joseph's heart to think that she might be carrying someone else's child, but it also broke Mary's heart to think that he didn't believe her. Joseph, she said. Joseph, don't you trust me? At times, Joseph was ready to quit on Mary. And at times, Mary was ready to quit on Joseph. You understand what's happening here, right? Like I said, the question is, what do we do when someone we love lets us down? It was their question, but, but maybe, maybe it's your question too, huh? 
Maybe someone you love has, has lied to you or, or cheated on you or betrayed you in some way. And now there is this battle raging in your soul. You're angry and you're hurt and everything in you wants to repay evil with evil. Your heart is pounding like someone's beating on a war drum and, and violent thoughts march through your mind like soldiers on their way to war. And honestly, to live in that place is exhausting, isn't it? I mean, it's exhausting. You want it to stop. You need it to stop. You just don't know how to make it stop. And so deep in your soul, you start asking yourself, how can I ever make peace with this? How can I ever feel right again? If that's where you are, I can tell you, but I, but I need to warn you, you might not like the answer. You see, the Bible is very clear about this. The prerequisite to peace is surrender. Whatever it is that you're holding on to, whatever it is that, that you won't let go of, the anger, the bitterness, the fear, the frustration, whatever it is, the prerequisite to peace is always surrender. We will never have peace in ourselves or our souls until we surrender our hearts to God. Mary had to learn that, Joseph had to learn that, and you and I need to learn it as well. And it's a lesson that sometimes we need to learn again and again, isn't it? And, and, and you are exactly right. It is a scary thought. If we truly surrender our lives to him, a God who forgives might very well expect us to forgive. And a God who gives second chances might ask us to give love a second chance. And a God who sacrificed his own son might ask us to make sacrifices too. In fact, that's exactly what he did with Joseph. And to everyone's surprise, even Joseph's, he said yes. He said yes. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Of, of course he said yes, Dan. I mean, it was easy for him. God sent him an angel. But, but if you read the text, that's not quite true. God sent Zechariah an angel. God sent Mary an angel. God sent Joseph a dream. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had one of those dreams that seems so real that you sat up in bed in the middle of the night and you say, did that just really happen? And if you had, did you still believe it when you woke up the next morning? Probably not. Probably not. So the question is, why did Joseph believe it? 
Why? I think the answer is in the text. Were you paying attention? Did, did you hear it? Joseph was a, a what? Huh? That's right. Joseph was a righteous man. A righteous man. Really what that means is that he loved God. And he listened to God. More than that, he listened for God. And so when he said, God, why is this happening? Why? Unlike so many of us, he expected God to answer. So tell me, are you listening for that still small voice of God? Are you expecting him to speak into your life? Do, do you live your life in such a way that, that you tilt your head and say, okay, God, I am your servant. I'm listening. Speak, Lord. Every year, my daughter Kate sends out a Thanksgiving letter to the people that support her ministry. And, and a few years ago, in her letter, she was talking about my mom and, and Carol's mom. And when Carol read that letter, it just broke her heart. I mean, Katie talked about how her grandmothers taught her how to work hard and how to live grateful and, and how to help those less fortunate and how to hit a baseball like you mean it. And well, since they're both in heaven now, Carol got a little emotional. It just, it just crushed her spirit. And now, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, my wife... Um, she is the talented one in the family. She's always crafting little things, making little things, doing little things for other people. And that afternoon, she dropped off some mittens she had made for Minnie DeWitt. And on her way home, she was what the Bible calls in the spirit. In the spirit. Do you know what that means? Huh? She was caught up in her emotions, uh, she was thanking God for the blessing of mothers and, and daughters. And, and well, the skies and her eyes were raining. And so how, how she saw her, I don't know. But, but somehow Carol saw this old woman walking down the sidewalk, dragging these two suitcases, huh? Like I said, it was raining. And so you could call it the emotions of the moment or call it the spirit of God, but, but Carol suddenly felt this urge to turn around and offer this woman a ride. Her name was Letitia. And the suitcases were full of canned goods from Community Action House. You, you remember Community Action House? Uh, they're part of our Thanksgiving offering. You own a piece of this story. And well, Letitia 
was going to have her kids over for Thanksgiving. And the two of them were talking as they were driving about Thanksgiving and family and being a part of the family of God. And, and the woman kept saying to Carol, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the ride. Thank you, Jesus, for this woman. And when Carol finally dropped her off at her apartment, Letitia said, can I ask you, can I ask you, do I dare ask you for one more favor? Could you spare a dollar? I, I need it for the copay on my medicine, she said to Carol. Just, just a dollar. Well, you know, Carol, I mean, of course, Carol said, yes, of course, I'll give you a dollar. And she opened her purse, took out her wallet, and all she had, all she had was the $50 bill that she got from Minnie for those mittens. She told me later that was when she knew that, that God had a plan for that $50 all along. And here's the thing, you know, I think God does that sort of thing all the time, all the time. I, I think he's forever speaking in that still small voice of his, and, and sometimes he speaks through an angel, and sometimes he speaks through a dream. Sometimes he even speaks through a feeling or a, or a sermon or a song. And, and so, so the question I have is, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you expecting to hear God speak to you?